Four women, one podcast, and a hard stack of romance novels. Welcome to the Kinky Ladies Book Club Season 2. I am Nicole, here with some bodacious babes, Deonta. Hello. Amanda. Hi. And Kayla. Oh, hello. Today, we are co- have collared ourselves to At Her Feet by Rebecca Weatherspoon. During a night of web surfing for celeb gossip and masturbatory material, digital marketing producer Suzanne Kim stumbles across an intriguing thread while checking her profile on kinklife.com. Suzanne isn't exactly looking, but the request for a very specific type of submissive from the attractive mistress Mommy P is hard to resist. Though the two hit it off during their first online conversation, Suzanne never imagines how strong their real-life attraction and compatibility will be. After a few missteps in training, trust, and communication, Suzanne finds a deep love with her mistress, Pilar. Overworked and overstressed in her daily life, Suzanne comes to crave their relationship for the visceral escape it provides, but before they can make the ultimate commitment, someone from Suzanne's professional life threatens to disrupt their perfectly balanced bliss. That's our book. First off, I should have asked how your ladies' summer is going before I went into that for uh, for our listeners. Not super exciting, uh, to yeah. be honest with you. Not a whole lot going on. I mean, I, I moved to another country. That's true. That is very true. Yes, uh, you are. Where I am now, a lot safer, seemingly, than my dear American friends back mm. in the Netherlands now. Uh, I can go to the grocery store without a mask. I've Isn't seen my that friends. nice? I've seen my family. I went to a Korean barbecue. <laughs> You're just living the life, aren't you? Yeah, living also, the dream. Mostly I've been inside my house, though, because I do enjoy being inside my house. And I think my time in America has made me very paranoid about things in general. That's fair. Yeah, so the kinky ladies uh, now span three time zones, for those of you wondering. Yes, so, it's yes. been very inconvenient. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but we're in, making it work. We're uh, we're making it work. Yeah, we're spanning not just three time zones, but like, you know, I think it's like a twelve-hour span of time that we're all currently in I the middle of. Kayla and I are both approximately as far away from you two in <laughs> Philly as like I think we're about the same distance away. Yeah, now. in opposite directions. Yeah, in opposite directions. we have like a, a a kinky lady sandwich going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle and then I'm one slice of bread and then D is the other slice of bread or we could do like a nice like hoagie like roll or maybe a panini focaccia bread. Kayla's very know. hungry. She was yeah. like yeah. <laughs> into the, how's your summer going Kayla? Oh it's um it's going. It's quite hot and sweaty out in California but mm, title of six days. Hot and sweaty sweaty and curly. Um, I'm actually doing a lot of writing and a lot of reading. I'm working on an animation project. So, I mean, I have other things (laughs) going on. So, at least I'm staying productive. I did get some new lingerie, so points for that. Oh, nice. I love it. I, uh, I over here, I'm learning to surf this summer. 
Um, and I'm not very good at it right now. And I have a very lovely rash, like on my inner thighs, uh, from all of the board wax and sand right now. So like that feels amazing. Nice. Not. <laughs> and I've been, of course, reading, um, read a few books that were not pornography. That was refreshing. <laughs> um, Let me know what that's like. Yeah. It's for fun anyway, because I have read books, but none of them have been for fun. They have all been very boring and historical. Oh, I've been reading a lot too. I actually read, I listened to a lot of audiobooks because um, that allows me to read and also do other things at the same time. And I'm a very busy person. Um, so I, including um, the kinky lady books, I read slash listened to five books this week, which I am very proud of. Five books? Yeah, a Damn. lot considering the one, um, like trilogy of books, like the series that I read, each audiobook was 21 hours long. And I just really liked them. And I just marathoned the whole dang thing. Had I'm a up for air sometime. When I did know. you sleep? My God. I fall asleep. I put it on a sleep timer and I fall asleep listening to the book. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm glad we're all uh, being a bit productive with this summer, you know, doing some reading. Uh, and that's why we're here because we have read the book I just described to you, At Her Feet by Rebecca Witherspoon. Sure did. I can see the regret on your face right now. <laughs> Beeping <laughs> into your yeah, I apologize. I'll just I'll apologize right off the bat. I uh, you know I was looking for something different, um, something kind of out of the norm for like me and my personal like kinks. Um, while at the same time looking for more like lesbian stuff because we didn't read a ton of lesbian stuff that wasn't weirdly manipulative last season and I would yeah wanted to do something different failed failed I failed at it I just want to say before I talk a bunch of shit about this book that I'm sure that people that are into this and I don't why do not want to kink shame no even <laughs> though I thought this was squicky and icky and did not want anything to do with it I'm sure that someone who is into this would really like this book and that is totally fine. It just wasn't for me or for any of the rest of us. Yes. Correct. And sometimes that happens. I wanted to go out of like my comfort zone with that stuff. Um, turned did. out not into it. Uh, That's the thing. You learn something. Like I went into this being like, oh, I don't, I don't usually engage with this kind of work, but maybe I'll find it. Like maybe I'll find a new thing I like. And I did not find a exactly. new thing that I like. Now I know that, I can uh, and move I on. also want to jump into a comment we made about um, trying to find non-manipulative sex. That's not directly in reference to like the, the kink that's going on here. That's just a whole nother can of worms within. Yeah, the sex was actually good. Yeah. I like the sex in it. It's all you the know, other stuff. Before I dive into the plot, do we want to uh, read some reviews uh, I have a three-star review that I think describes our general feeling towards this whole situation pretty well, which is from Sue. So she gives it three stars. She says, unusual premise for a book. Rebecca's books I have read and really enjoyed, but this was a bit too sexually quirky for me. I wasn't all that comfortable with the theme of role-playing 
of the role-playing main characters. No need to say more. Despite this, Rebecca writes well, and I will be curious to see what she comes up with in her next venture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that sums it up pretty well. Yeah. I have a similar two-star review that kind of um, also kind of feels the same way that I do. Um, I'm all about trying something new, and I prided myself on taking a plunge and reading my first full-length lesbian BDSM story. While this particular subject matter was interesting to read about, it was not the experience I was looking or hoping for. Uh, the Liam character was funny, and the author can write semi-decent dialogue. I was happy to see women of color um, reflected here openly in the BDSM lifestyle, and that was a good thing. Uh, the type of BDSM relationship portrayed here was not my cup of tea. I did not like the mommy little girl roles. It was not a turn on for me, and it was just plain odd. The whole knitting dom thing was not sexy either, and I'm sorry, but a grown woman wearing little girl's underwear is way too weird. I'm open to reading more BDSM, but this just did not do it for me. I got a one-star review from <laughs> KCVF. Not great. <laughs> is that the whole review? That's the not whole great. review. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's, there's another one below it, um, but I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but it says plagiarism should, plagiarism should be dealt with. Somebody is accusing of the, this author of plagiarizing of another book by a different author. So I mm. wonder um, if well, that's a, a thing. This story was not the now. story, like this story was not worth plagiarizing. <laughs> if that's I, uh, the case, yeah. Well, I have one more review. This one is actually a five star called, uh, well, the title is Mommy and Her Baby Girl by Stephanie. And Stephanie says, I prefer a bit of kink in my lesbian fiction. This was a nice departure from strictly master slave stories that are out there. Had a great storyline and some heat mixed in throughout kept my attention, and wasn't riddled with spelling or grammatical errors. And I do want to note uh, that and is spelled wrong in that sentence. Um, <laughs> wish there was more of the lesbian kink out there. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so we start with Suzanne. She is single, and she's perusing her kink life profile late at night. Uh, she's into being a sub. We know this straight from her own monologue, um, but she also really likes to be pampered. Um, she's got some trust issues we find out really early on uh, from an ex who is super into um, masochism and pain play, which Susie was not that big into, it turns out. Um, but the ex also didn't really want to fulfill Suzanne's desire to be like, pampered and babied a little bit. So they they split. She got trust issues now. So she finds a profile for someone uh, using the username Mommy P, um, which is Mama Dom Pilar on her profile. Uh, they start messaging each other. They hit it off right away. So Suzanne has a very stressful job in marketing uh, and spends her first weekend at Pilar's home to like distress from her job. Um, there, uh, there they establish that Suzanne will be called either Susie or baby, while Pilar will be called either Pilar or mommy um, when they're together. Um, 
So Pilar has Susie answer some like preemptive questions when getting into their relationship. She makes it clear that she's like a dom. She wants to have fun, but she's definitely down for a long-term monogamous relationship. Um, And so after answering these questions, which range from like, what's Susie's favorite color to like some stuffed animals that she likes. Um, Pilar presents Susie with her own bedroom in Pilar's house that is fully kitted out with like child-like little girl kind of decorations and themes. Everything's in pink and pink is Susie's favorite color. She arranged that so fast. That's a whole nother. I don't trust it. Pilar does not have... All right, did we'll get into this a, later. But didn't like, she have a baby sub before, though? Is it just like a yeah? But she room? got a bunch of stuff special. She said. Yeah, oh. like a, like she got the Hello Kitty tea set because Susie Susie said she loves Hello Kitty and like different stuff. The bed is like piled on with stuffed animals and like these are all things that Susie answered in her questionnaire, um, which has maybe like Pilar. What the, what the fuck do you do? Like she doesn't have a life outside of this, which is one of the reasons. Although I think she does say, like, her friend is a set designer. Yeah. Which is still weird. Still. Still really weird. Moving on. Yeah, sorry. Um, so among all of this stuff, Pilar also presents Susie with, like, a very playful childlike wardrobe that's all full of, like, bright colors and, like, rompers and hair ribbons and stuff like that. <clears throat> so... Um, at her home, Pilar's rules, uh, she says, are pretty simple. Um, she wants Susie to communicate, like, be very open in communication as far as, you know, boundaries and things like that. Um, they want to make it very clear right off the bat that Pilar doesn't want to do anything that Susie doesn't consent to, you know, which is good. Um, some of her other rules are that Susie must always use her manners when they're together, must always have some please and thank yous, especially when they're in public, and that Susie must never use any uh, foul language or swear words when they're together. So Susie is very happy and very turned on by like Pilar's mothering dominance. Um, Pilar cooks. Um, she does Susie's hair and like pigtail braids. She calls her baby. Uh, they have sex several times that weekend. Um, once with a, uh, I forget if it was a strap on or a dildo and handcuffs. Um, and they agree to do it every weekend. So when they're apart during the week back at their, you know, regular lives, uh, Pilar has commanded Susie to wear a different pair of cute panties every day and to send Pilar a photo of said panties uh, every day as proof that she's wearing them. Um, And these are all panties that Pilar has picked out and kind of referencing whoever's review said it before, but they are kind of very young themed underwear with like kittens and flowers and cutesy kind of patterns on them. So one day Pilar's nephew gets into a bike accident. Uh, He's okay, uh, but Pilar's very stressed out about it. Uh, And she invites Susie over. Uh, Susie enjoys comforting Pilar, but as they bathe together, Susie says a bad word because she's very taken aback and startled and angry at the driver 
responsible for the car accident that Pilar's nephew got into. And Pilar later that night punishes Susie with a paddle for using a swear word uh, and spanks her bottom till it's red and hurts and she needs lotion. So uh, Susie and Pilar have fun. Um, as their relationship continues, <laughs> Susie suggests that they play a little like kind of in public game. Um, she dresses up like a Catholic schoolgirl and refers to Pilar as like a teacher uh, when they meet in a movie theater together. And in that theater, Susie fingers Pilar while the movie's going on. Yeah. While people can see. Oh yeah, they're like, oh, they like, can't really see it from the angle. It's like, they know what's happening. They know, they know what's going on. Know. Everybody knows. Under this giant trench coat. Right. Nothing's <laughs> happening here. Nothing's happening. Look <laughs> away true. from the trench yeah. coat. Pilar wore a giant trench coat. At, like, I imagine Pilar looking like Carmen Sandiego when she yes. walks into that movie. <laughs> the, most, the most innocent of, of garments is the yeah. trench coat. Yeah. You combine a trench coat with a full Catholic schoolgirl uniform that's like a little too small for Susie. And you're just like, yeah, that's wholesome. Yeah. That's wholesome. And they picked a Marvel movie a couple weeks after it came out, thinking that not a lot of people will be there. <laughs> <laughs> they picked There's the latest <laughs> Marvel movie. They say that it's the latest Marvel movie. And this book, I think, was published in 2017. So, like, somebody figure out what that movie would have been. There's been like, Who knows? there's been like at least eight Marvel movies since 2017. So I don't know. <laughs> they come out with whatever four and a half I've months, definitely so. seen it, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> uh, okay. So blah, blah, blah. Skip ahead a few. Pilar and Susie are having a good old time. They're having some good sex. I, the sex was like fine. It didn't, none of it was particularly memorable except for a couple scenes for me. Um, in either a good or bad way. So like, meh. Uh, <clears throat> so things get weird uh, when Pilar invites her friend Busy over and Busy brings her own little girl, Holly. Um, and Pilar tells Susie and Holly to go play in Susie's room where Holly is like a full-on brat persona. And she takes off her panties and just humps Susie's giant teddy bear. Uh, Susie is so disgusted and angered at Holly's behavior um, that like she grabs the bear, they get into a fight, Holly kicks her, they make a lot of noise. And when Busy and Pilar come in to break up the fight, Holly lies and claims that Susie tried to molest her. Um, <laughs> Susie is so angry at this that she just kind of breaks character and screams and swears and Holly and Busy leave. Susie's also angry at Pilar for this because Pilar reprimanded Susie in front of Busy and Holly and more or less grounds her. She like punishes her, smacks her a whole bunch with the paddle um, and like takes away her cell phone and kind of just sends her to her room um, where she's grounded. Later, later, Pilar explains that Busy is actually Pilar's mentor um, and taught Pilar everything she knows about being a dom because she was once Busy's sub. And Pilar says that Susie's manners reflected very poorly on Pilar because Susie could not keep her composure and like kind of broke character despite all of 
what was going on. And she says that Susie should have gone straight to Pilar when the weird shit with the bear started happening instead of starting a fight with Holly. You should know that they never bring up the fact that Holly lied about Susie attempting to molest her ever again. Oh, we're going to talk about this. Yeah, we're going to talk about this. We are going to talk about it. The book Mm -hmm. never brings it up again. No, it is not. All right, so Susie is upset, uh, but she thinks that she's starting to fall in love with Pilar. Um, And she feels feels real bad for embarrassing Pilar uh, in the Busy Holly thing. Also, just want to keep in mind for anyone keeping track out there, Susie and Pilar have known each other for all of two weeks, and they've seen each other about three or four times. Susie is also very conflicted about whether or not she thinks she really loves Pilar, or if she just really loves the kink and fantasy that they're into um, because of her trust issues with her ex-girlfriend, Laurel. Susie eventually does admit that she was like annoyed and jealous with Pilar suddenly bringing guests over because she wants Pilar all to herself. And Pilar explains that making Susie want her is all part of the game. Um, That's all part of like the allure which Susie's like, you're right, I was wrong. Uh, But Pilar does agree that she won't ever like ambush Susie again with guests. She'll tell her way in advance when it's happening. The next morning, Susie sits on Pilar's lap as Pilar feeds her breakfast. And it's the most intimate thing that they've ever done. And Susie describes it as being one of the most intimate things that she herself has ever done. Uh, Later that evening, Susie admits that she loves Pilar after some weird sex with a breastfeeding motif. So My least favorite motif. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so despite patching things up, Susie remains like really conflicted about her feelings, especially after Pilar gives her radio silence for a few days to give Susie the time to compose her feelings to tell Pilar how she really feels. This is after Susie told Pilar she loved her, by the way. So mad um, at this book. Yeah, and like this radio silence just makes Susie so angry. Um, and because Susie is like angry and still can't like compose her thoughts the way Pilar wants her to, um, Pilar locks her in a chastity belt and masturbates when she knows Susie is watching. Um, and then kind of punishes Susie for watching and by locking her in her room again. I'm very upset. Hmm. This book made me very upset at several points, including this one. All right. All right. I got a bit to go. I'm going to try and marathon through the rest of the plot for this one. Um, So eventually Susie admits that she doesn't um, know if Pilar really loves her or if she really loves her as in Suzanne, like as a woman, or if she just loves the fantasy of little Susie. Um, Susie herself is at a hard time accepting their relationship and that it just isn't a game, but Pilar assures uh, Suzanne that she really does love her, like as an adult, kink aside. Um, so Busy and Holly come back. Holly apologizes for being a brat and humping the bear, not the lying about molesting thing, just the bear humping thing. Um, gives her a new bear, they go to Disneyland, whatever it's for. Susie's boss, uh, when Susie returns to work, um, her name is Val and Susie thinks that Val's kind of flirting with her as they work on this like really tough project for a really tough client that is supposed to be Forever 21, I think. Val calls Susie a good girl when she does something good on the project, but 
yeah, whatever, because immediately after that, Susie and Pilar do anal with a strap on. Uh, so Pilar um, introduces Susie to her family at like a totally normal everyday event. It's just a barbecue, which is just glazed over in the book. And that's fine. Susie loves it. She really enjoys being introduced to the family as Pilar's girlfriend and then having like a girlfriend relationship. Um, that night, Pilar ties Susie to the bed and makes her wait for sex, which that, that was kind of hot. Uh, eventually, the stressful project that Susie is working on launches and she gets a promotion. Yay! Um, so to celebrate, she offers to take Pilar out on vacation, which Pilar refuses, claiming she would be happy to take Susie somewhere and Susie can say when she wants to go, but Pilar wouldn't feel right letting Susie pay or plan for a single thing. Uh, Pilar says that is firmly her role and she just does not feel comfortable with Susie making those types of plans. And Susie's mad about this because she wants Pilar as a girlfriend and not just a mistress. So uh, Pilar, after making Susie an adorable little you know, toddlers and tiaras kind of dress. Um, Ugh. Yeah, takes takes Susie to like a mommy little girl party that they go Ugh. to. <laughs> yeah, for all the mommy doms to introduce their little girl subs. And it's like happy hour. While there, Susie recognizes her boss Val among the other mommies. And she's got like two little girls of her own. They don't acknowledge each other at all at the party, but like it does make Susie really stressed out. Um, however, it goes smooth after that. The mommies and the little girls separate and like the the subs all go have like a fucking pizza party. <laughs> so fucking weird. <laughs> um, they also look at this one person's boobs like for a long time. Yes, there is a trans woman there. Yeah, and there and they're are like, lots she's of got new boobs and they're all very excited about it. De just dedicated to this woman's new boobs. Yeah. And look, we never go back to that. Ever. Whatever. Um, so after the party's over, um, Susie confronts Pilar about the vacation. Oh, I'm sorry. Pilar confronts Susie about the vacation proposal, um, suggesting that Susie was being really selfish and rude in not trusting Pilar to offer Susie the best care and vacation for her and that Susie was overstepping some boundaries in trying to take control in their relationship. Um, she's angry at Susie for not trusting Pilar, um, especially when Susie starts asking if her boss Val had like mentioned anything or brought anything up when the mommies were together. Pilar says that she doesn't have to disclose anything she talks about with the other mommies and daddies to Susie, but tells Susie to like trust her and say that nothing happened. Like her and Val didn't talk about anything and that, you know, Susie's wrong for like dwelling on the subject and that she should just trust Pilar and not worry about it and go to work like everything's normal. So of course, um, Susie is right not to trust uh, Valerie and Pilar because at work Valerie confronts Susie and sexually harasses her. She, against Susie's will, does molest her and stick her hands up her underwear and does horrible things without Susie's consent, all the while saying that she is going to trade her little girl 
for Susie and that this has already been arranged and she's already discussed it with Pilar because Susie is out of line and needs more discipline in her life to be a better sub. So after being assaulted, Susie leaves work. She calls her parents and tells them what's happened. She calls her best friend, Liam, who is also one of her coworkers, and tells him what happened. Um, and she tries, but unsuccess- is unsuccessful at reaching Pilar. She like tries to call and text her a bunch, and Pilar doesn't pick up. Um, eventually, Susie is summoned to Busy's home, and Busy... We, we learned earlier that Busy was a lawyer. So like, that's where I thought this was going. Yeah, you can forget it. It doesn't matter that Busy's a lawyer. It doesn't actually come into the plot. I forgot all <clears> about <throat> that. Yeah. So Busy then tries to gauge whether or not Susie and Pilar are a good couple or if Pilar should give Susie to Valerie. Susie explains the assault to Busy. Uh, she really wishes Pilar were there and she could have explained it to her but Busy more or less writes off Susie's explanation of the assault as like, well, it seems like you might actually need some more discipline. So we're going to see if Pilar wants to trade you with Val. It's incredibly upsetting. I hate this so much. So in the same conversation, Suzanne confides to Busy the way that her ex abused her trust as well. uh, And that included like ignoring safe words and performing acts that Susie said she was uncomfortable with and that would be off limits to them in the bedroom and her ex-girlfriend did it anyway, which contributed to her trust issues. And Busy suggests that this lifestyle might not be the best fit for Susie since Laurel, her ex-girlfriend, clearly tried to help Susie determine her role as all good doms do. And clearly Susie didn't take to it well. And Busy tells Susie that Pilar needs a few days to think this over because it's hard for her. So that night, Susie quits her job and reports her boss to HR. A few days later, Pilar finally invites Susie over and presents her with a collar, um, one that she said she had ordered prior to this assault happening. And for context, for those of you not familiar, like in the BDSM community to offer your sub a collar is like a really heavy sign of commitment. Um, it mean it's I don't know if it would be the equivalent to like an engagement ring because it's not marriage, but it is like, like a, a promise s- ring. Yeah, because it is that sort of object that like is signifying like, hey, we're in a serious relationship. Like this is on lockdown. Um, so that is considered like a really like big step in the relationship department. So Pilar apologizes for pushing Susie away and says that she let the rest of the her friends in the community know about Valerie. Um, and she gives Susie three options and she can only pick one of them. The first is that they break up. The second is that they are girlfriends with like no kink. Or the third is to continue with the mommy little girl king lifestyle full time. And Susie takes like a weird left turn in her personality and says that she wants the mommy little girl life 24-7. She wants to be PLR sub all of the time. And she's like, you know what? This is what I needed to completely give up any sign of my own dominance and free will. I just want to be pampered all the time. The end. 
And then everyone lived happily ever after in a totally normal lifestyle. I'm so mad at this book. I, yeah, I mad. And I, again, I want to um, put out there that I'm certain there are aspects of this lifestyle and like BDSM culture that are kind of probably going over our heads. Yes. Um, they're not like our thing. I assume. I, uh, yeah, I would I'm assume gonna, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, I, t- I totally get that there are aspects of that culture that like, this would be very appealing if you're into that. Um, but then there are other parts of this book that regardless, I think are just cross too many lines. Yeah. yeah. There are parts of it that like, sort of like squick me out. And that's mostly the like little girl voice things and the, that sort of stuff. But there's parts of it that I just find upsetting, which is the level of like emotional manipulation that goes on and like the punishment for not feeling things exactly the way that Pilar wants her to feel them under the guise of like, I am parenting you or I am disciplined. It's like, ah, ah. if a real parent did that, they would be reported to CPS. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so much like the the kink part that was upsetting because obviously it's you know two consenting yeah. adult, adults doing something and if that's that is absolutely a lifestyle that people live and do full time you know there are people who live as dom and sub in a relationship 24 7 and that's totally okay um as long as everything else is okay too and that you know the relationship is good and everyone is open with each other and no one is emotionally manipulating somebody else yeah which is not okay yeah that there's just so much there's so much to unpack in like the last third of that book yeah Uh, to start with this is a romance novel i've said it once i'll say it again why do we need themes of sexual assault like i read every book i read romance novels for fun like this is supposed to be fun happy times it'll be sexy it'll have a happy ending and then we just Ooh, get molestation yeah. <laughs> just like i didn't want this my no. my note for the whole part uh, of the sexual logic highlighted it and i wrote i hate this so much and then um with a period after every word why is there always sexual assault in everything why she could have just made inappropriate comments about knowing that she was also in that community. Right. And made the work situation just yeah. too difficult to handle. That's perfect. She could have even just like, like, you know, said, oh, Pilar wants to trade you if she wanted to be like a, total, like a real, real big asshole about it. She did not also need to sexually assault her. Yeah. That was totally and, unnecessary. And chalk it up to the fact that like, hey, you need more discipline and training and And that's what I can give to you. And then all the other people who are also going, I think the problem is that here that you are misinterpreting what was happening. Yeah. That to me was like, holy cow. Like how, how did we go from, like, how did it get worse from the sexual assault? Because it did. The sexual assault was as all downhill and it just got worse and worse and worse until the resolution. Um, and even I have highlighted here a passage where Susie and Busy are having that conversation and Busy tells Suzanne, 
after you've had some time to calm down and can think more clearly, I want you to really consider your role in this lifestyle. Laurel tried to determine that for you, and you can see what happened there. A dom can guide and control and help you explore and hopefully open your eyes to new positive experiences. But if you're going against your own desires, it won't work. Without your trust and true consent, any relationship you have with any good mistress won't work. Do you understand me? And this is what she tells Susie after she's just been assaulted. Like, what kind of victim-blaming bullshit is that? Right. The only people who had good, like, real, like, empathetic person responses were, like, her parents and Liam. They're the only people who went, what the fuck? You need to report her. Get the fuck out of there. That's, you know, what a supportive person does, as opposed to just... I feel like even um, but when she goes and talks to Pilar afterwards, she says, what we have between us, it's beyond the point of selfishness for me. I feel like I understand you pretty well now. I feel like I understand what's best for you, but I would help you find another mommy before I kept you for myself if that's what I felt you needed. Which is just the removal of all agency of Susie within this relationship is to me that goes I feel I feel like any kind of sort of like dom sub relationship is built on mutual understanding of what's going to be happening and not just one person making all the decisions about the boundaries of that situation you know yeah there's control and submission within the within the pre-established boundaries of that relationship and that just it just made me so I was just so mad <laughs> so much in this book that it I feel like I feel like I probably would have enjoyed the sex better because I did like a lot of the sex scenes like I, they were fine or they were good for me like I liked a lot of what was happening but I was just so like annoyed so much at the time and like the weird thing not the weird thing the direction I thought this was going based on all of like Susie's internal thoughts about her stressful job at work and how she occasionally wants to treat Pilar to something and how one of Susie's like happiest times in the book is when she meets Pilar's family and they're intro- she just introduces her as her girlfriend because, you know, they don't want to ex- get into explaining like weird kink stuff at a yeah, it would family be weird era. to show up to a family barbecue and be like, "Hi, this is my my baby that I yeah. have sex with." Like, <laughs> my this little is a- girl. weird. We're into like a weird mommy baby stuff, and this is my baby. Like, no one wants to say that to their cousin. No, but like that, <laughs> that scene is where like Suzanne's the happiest because she's like, oh my God, I had such an amazing time meeting your family and being introduced as your girlfriend. That was great. I want to do more girlfriend stuff. And so in the end for her to go around and be like, you know what? I don't want to do this equal girlfriend stuff. I want you to baby me 100% of the time. This means, that means just she's been successfully manipulated by all of these people in her life who've been telling her that she doesn't know what she wants and what she thinks she wants is wrong. And also I would have immediately broken up with Pilar if I found out that she was going talking about trading me to someone behind my back. Was she actually doing that or did Val just say that to? I think that by the time like she came and talked because Busy said like similar sort of stuff right yeah it was a real conversation i'm pretty sure it was a real conversation and 
Pilar was considering it before the assault happened. And then the assault happened and she was like, oh, no way. But also, um, like, again, like, and maybe that's just not like, again, this is not my lifestyle, but I don't want to be traded. But you know yeah, what I mean? Like, no. it's such a like weird Pokemon cards. Yeah. Like, you've, you're in a relationship with somebody. And even though you're in that, I don't, and maybe this is normal for the lifestyle, I don't know. But I, you like choose to be with someone. And then if you're a sub, if your dom decides that you're not the right one for them, they can just give you to somebody else. Like, do you no? get to pick? Because obviously no. she wasn't, Pilar I wasn't going to let Susie pick when she was going to trade her to Valerie. I mean, I guess you can say like, no, I'm not going to be with her. And then you just break up with the other person. But like, I don't, it's just very strange. And like on top of that too, everyone's super dismissive of the fact that Suzanne was in an abusive relationship too. Yeah. yeah. And like even to the point where like Suzanne doesn't totally seem to connect the dots until later when she's like, yeah, you know what? My ex-girlfriend, like I'm into the BDSM and the something, but she took it too far. Like she continued after I said safe words. She did things that were too painful for me that I didn't want. Um, she like used me like for her own masochistic stuff and then didn't really give a shit about what I wanted. Like that is pretty hardcore abuse right there yeah even yeah like even uh, in my take like that seems like it would still be abuse even in the lifestyle because that again it's super about trust and mutual respect like definitely is and anyone who i think would be in like really into the bdsm lifestyle where it's like their whole life would hear that from somebody be like holy shit that's terrible that someone would do that to you and like should be really supportive and understand how that's like like the worst thing you can do to someone that puts that kind of trust in you is to to break that trust like as as a sub you trust the dom to respect your wishes yeah because it puts you in a very vulnerable position which is what you want to be in you know, in that time, but you need to trust that they're not going to physically assault or hurt you. Um, so I would think that, you know, a dom that, you know, would hear that would be mortified that another dom would do that to their sub. Yeah, that just yeah, seems I think. horrible. Yeah, just not down with all this, uh, <laughs> these abusive undertones. Like, it would be just really nice to read a book that doesn't start you know warm up or finish with sexual assault in any form can we just have like a really nice book where it's just fun loving consensual through and through like please that'd be be great and this one like i had i had high hopes man like this author had great reviews i read the preview and like on the preview i was like okay well I'll go out of my comfort zone. Uh, this seems like it'll be cool so long as everything's consensual here. Um, and that's the thing, you know, I was so, and again, it's, um, it's perfectly fine. It's just not my thing. The mommy baby thing really squicked me out and that wasn't the worst part of the book. Yeah. So yeah. that's got to say something. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I tried it. 
not for me. No. The, my problem with the mommy babies, like the mommy little girl stuff, is that I couldn't stop hearing everything Suzanne said when she was Susie in like this like cloying like little like big little girl voice and it was yeah. very off-putting so for me. gross yeah like the book had potential if you literally just scrubbed all the baby talk and all that weird shit out it, oh the sex is hot it's great yeah, yeah it's great just it's get rid good. of all the weird little girl panties and and, and kids stuff and we're good but <laughs> But no, okay. I'm yeah, like I like you said before, like I don't want to kink shame, but I just don't I don't understand the appeal or the attraction to it. Like I understand someone being like like being called daddy or mommy or like like I like to be called baby girl, but I'm not gonna dress in no little kid panties for you and wear little girl dresses and talk like a little baby for you and then let you touch me. That's weird. The party where they all got together. And then the little girls just like stared at this one girl's boobs, and then they watched a movie. They had like a like a little kid sleepover. Like, Don't you just can't you just make friends? Pizza. Can't you just pizza? Make friends and do that with your friends. You know, maybe not the boob staring part, but the pizza and the yeah. movie. Like yeah. that's nice. You well, know? I mean, if my like, friend got a boob job, I'd probably want to see. I mean, I want to see him. Like, yeah, yeah. Pure yeah, curiosity. Yeah. Be like, yeah. Holy like crap, how real like, that feels, but. Yeah, but it was like they made it was like it weird. a weird detour in the book that I'm like, <laughs> yes, I I support this and I think it's very positive move and representation, but like why am I why did we take this detour? Why is no one having sex right now? There were so many parts that were just so like I was really excited to be reading a lesbian romance novel. I was really excited to be reading one that was like really like like racially and ethnically diverse because the main yes. character is yes. half Jamaican and I think Jamaican and yeah. half Korean. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. the uh and then Pilar was Mexican, I think. In my head, she sort of looked like mm -hmm. Selma Hayek. That's sort of what she looked like in my head. Oh. Um I was doing her a lot of favors in my head. because uh, <laughs> her personality wasn't great. So she didn't have much of a personality, honestly. No. And I don't I think all the rest of the people were white. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention to them so much, but it was it was, well, I was really excited. Yeah. I was really excited about that. Mm -hmm. It had and it also had because good they bones. Made, it had real good bones. <laughs> with, with the, like I, I like when books that are about people of different races are really explicit about the ways in which they like what people look like and then like mention it several times just because it's very easy to default to some sort of white yeah mental image even if you know that the person is not like a, a white person. See, for example, uh, like Rue in The Hunger Games when all of America got angry that a little black girl played her when she's obviously a little black girl in that book. Yeah. Like, so I enjoy, I like that bit of it. And like, I liked like the descriptions of like the neighborhoods and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and like her going, her going out to play with the chalk on this, uh, the sidewalk and then becoming like friends with these two little girls. Yeah, the I little was like, this is so it was strange. a little Korean girl and a little and black a little girl. So, yeah, it's like, like oh, oh my god, you're both of us. That's so nice. So she's like, yeah. yeah, it's weird, but it's cute. Uh, the whole lifestyle thing seems to be a lot of work for my particular liking. Well, apparently, I don't I don't remember what exactly Pilar does, but apparently, she says at a certain point, she's like, "This is my like my job doesn't actually re require a lot from me." 
So. Uh, she's a costume designer for like a TV, like a TV show on like the CW or something costume like that. Costume designing is a lot of. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a lot. So they started dating in her like in between season, like oh, they were off. Hiatus? Yeah, they were off yeah. from shooting the show, so she had some time. Can we just talk about like Pilar for a bit? Because um, I didn't like her even before her reaction to the assault I didn't like her and I think part of why I didn't like her was that she didn't have any personality beyond like the mommy thing and I'm like there's a person under there somewhere I I hope there's a person under there like we know she loves her family yeah she can knit and cook but I feel like that for I feel like that's so much a part of her mommy personality like i can knit and cook right yeah i don't um, need some little, i don't need some woman to be my little girl like it's not necessary for me i'm like i feel when, like that's all so much part of her deal when she's first introduced to i was like "Ooh, this has potential because when they first meet up at the restaurant and uh they're getting the to know each other yeah the barn where they have great mac and cheese. I forgot about that. Um, I have that quote highlighted. Ooh, I can go for some mac and cheese right now. <laughs> I've never so, had great mac and cheese. So someone's going to have never been to Moonies. Well, <laughs> fuck, I would have made you some. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, anyhow, sorry. Mac and cheese aside. <laughs> so when they first meet, um, they're talking about themselves. Suzanne says she's 27. Pilar says that she's 39. And then Susie goes, I tell her she doesn't look over 30, which she really doesn't. She says she likes younger women who know how to lie. I was like, ooh, that's kinky. I like that. That's cute. Like, that sounds fun. And like, she has some kind of personality. And then she didn't. She just doesn't. And I don't feel like, and again, this is like in their like role play thing, but I don't feel like Suzanne knows much about her besides the fact that she's her mommy like obviously we don't see like all of their conversations Mm -hmm. but like are they getting to know each other and connecting on like a personal level like the way that you know a significant other i I don't only all in the context of the dom sub role play i feel like the only two bits in this book where they sort of engage with each other in a in the way that you would engage with a partner is when uh, Pilar takes her to the barbecue and she's like, this is my girlfriend. And like, she meets Liam and it's like, what happens if you're in a relationship and you know, things are going well. And um, when they come back from Disney and they're both sick, like right after each other and they take care of each other. And like Pilar has to let Suzanne take care of her because she is too sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And that's like, I feel like giving Suzanne probably something she wanted to do, which was take care of this person a little bit as well. Yeah, because like, she cares about her. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if your partner is sick, you take care of them. That's just Wait. like what the normal thing to do. And then you know? every time Pilar gets upset about something, it, it to me, it became very stomach turning whenever she was angry with Suzanne because she always found a way to put Suzanne's issues in the frame of like, well, it's, not something I did. It's because you don't have trust in me. I'm not at fault here. I'm like, granted, there were a couple of times where Pilar was like, oh, okay, like, you're right. I should have told you we were having guests sooner. So like to give you time to mentally prepare, like, uh, I'll communicate that stuff more with you. But like, she doesn't really take responsibility for like, 
being a dick sometimes. Yeah. Like yeah. when Susie offers to take Pilar on vacation and Pilar just turns her down. Susie later attempts to have a conversation about it. Like, hey, like, why are you saying no? Like, what's going on? Because I want to do something nice for you. You're my girlfriend. And Pilar is just like, no, like my role is to take care of you and you don't really want to take me on vacation. You're just stressed about your work and you want to get away and you made it seem like you wanted to include me. Like when this is, you're trying to steal my dominance, which is not cool. I'm like, but she just wanted to take you on vacation. Yeah. Like, I think, I think one of the things that bothered me a lot was the the use of punishment in like in BDSM, like I understand it in a sexual sense, right? But she used she I feel like Pilar was so like in like into that role of like I am your mother and I shall raise you and like like punish you for not behaving the way that I I like something about that really sat very like she wasn't like I felt like she wasn't using it in a role playing sense, but in a like abusive mother sense really and i there's this one section that sort of i think talks about it pretty well for me um i think it's like right after holly's insane freak out with the bear humping um so damn says, bear yeah god she says stand up and bend over the bed i do as he asks my mother believed in spankings except we called them beatings, because in the real world, spanking implies some sort of mock punishment. It's a reminder. You get beat when your parents want to rearrange your thinking. I got one beating in my whole life. It was Thomas's fault, come to think of it. But after that, my parents just had to look at us, at us, look at us and we got right back in line. When Pilar spanks me with that paddle, I realized my mom was taking it easy. Pilar kicks my ass. There is no other way to describe it. She's had time to calm down, so she is in the zone and focused. She swings that paddle with centered hard strikes, and I try not to scream. It hurts a lot. She stops when she knows she should, and not a few strokes after. A, f a couple of tears run down my face. I wipe them away quickly as I stand up. I'm trembling, but I ignore it. That, to me, does not sound like someone who is enjoying anything. No. Especially because the book so specifically has that whole paragraph about the difference between punishment, like spankings and beatings that her parents gave her that makes me like you can't then ignore the ways in which this was more similar to the beating she got from her parents than the like yeah. the spanking she got in other points in the book where it was like a an actual like obvious like sexual yeah if there's anything happening during sex that reminds you of your parents something is wrong <laughs> You need to stop right there because that Ugh. should not be happening Ugh. in any context. This is a Freud moment. <laughs> I'm also especially upset at this too because there is a quote early on where Pilar is telling Susie like, hey, trust in a dom by a sub does need to be earned. And Susie's like, yes. And then we're just kind of like, crumple that up into a ball and throw it over our shoulder like psych <laughs> yeah <sighs> well can we get to some uh like maybe like some funny quotes to sort of lighten this one up a little bit in that part where suzanne has like a lot of job stuff and she can't 
be with Pilar for a while because she has so much job stuff. Um, and then Pilar comes to her house um, and she, and Susie says, I actually have a little time if you want to tie me to the TV stand and bang it out. <laughs> and I was like, that was funny. That made uh, me smile. I do have I feel a... Like that's like a, that's like a, a, a sexy, like a sexual joke you could make in a relationship that, yeah. that would make me laugh if my yeah, friend said that. Yeah, that me. is a good one. I do have a, a bit of a sexy quote here. When she takes the cock in deep, her juices smear on my skin. I can smell her. I can taste her. She's moaning louder the more I suck on her breasts. Suddenly, she freezes, and then tremors begin to rock her body. She's coming, and I love to watch. They're always smearing juices on each other's thighs, which I thought was interesting. (laughs) That's true. They are always, like, humping and grinding on each other's thighs. Yes, which is fine. Great thighs, I bet. No, yeah. specifically thighs, though. I'm like, that's right. Um, I like just this. I just have like all these out of context quotes that I highlighted. I like, uh, I want you to spank my pussy until I come. <laughs> There's that one sex scene where she literally like s- specks her in the vagina until she comes. She does. Right. She does. It's totally oh. book. I do have highlighted that one night before they have sex that Pilar uh, feeds Susie lasagna and milk, which sounds like an awful combo right before sex. Also, when... Well, lasagna's not. I made a a banging lasagna before a date, and it was, like, the perfect, like, you know, pre-sex opportunity. But... Uh, no milk though. That sounds that was that sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah, I'm just like <laughs> man. Lasagna. Carbs make me want to go hey. to sleep, not have sex. Like I can't lasagna. do that much dairy. I want lasagna <laughs> after sex. Like that sounds like oh. a great after sex meal. Well, we had sex before, then we ate the lasagna, and nope. then we had sex after the lasagna too, and then again <laughs> later that night. That was a real good lasagna. <laughs> that must have been That's great really lasagna. lasagna. <laughs> oh. It was a, it was amazing. I'll have to send you a picture of this lasagna because I made sure to take a picture. <laughs> Homemade sauce, you know, everything, the whole, the whole shebang. I would I, be giddy too. I mean, <laughs> I'm proud of you in that lasagna. I remember that uh, scene specifically because when Suzanne first goes over to her house, she walks in and says that it smells like Indian food that she's been cooking, and then they sit down to eat and it's lasagna. And I was confused about whether it was Indian-themed lasagna or if the author just forgot what Pilar was cooking for dinner and just decided to <laughs> pick lasagna. There's one point... I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> there's one point later where she's feeding her chicken. Like, she's angry, and then, like, Susie's angry about it. I don't even know what part is it. Just, like, in my... Like, it's in chapter six. And she... It, Pilar feeds her chicken, and then eating the chicken makes her wet. She feeds me two bites of chicken. I'm wet. Whatever low threat hostility I was feeling towards her is gone. It's like <laughs> some sexual chicken. They get super into the like feeding Susie getting fed thing. Um, when and they the first network. when they first do it, uh, yeah. Susie says, "We enjoy our whole breakfast this way, and I mean enjoy. We've fucked a number of times, but this is the most intimate thing we've done." Her bending me over the bed and banging me silly is hot and perfect, amazing. But Pilar's fingers wiping stray milk off my lip, that's closeness. It's what I want. I want to eat fruit or our cereal out of her hand. 
I want to be in her lap as often as possible. The way she drags her finger down my belly is a sign of true affection. It makes me feel special, not needy or annoying. That could come from the mind of a dog and you wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> it's Read it again, up. but from the point of view of a dog. There was only one quote in here that I actually really liked because personally for me, like I'm really big on touch and it's not all about like getting to the orgasm, but it's like the journey to get there. Um, so she says like, what does it say? Uh, getting off is merely the end of our transaction. I want everything that she's selling. I do my best to relax. Pillar can feel, uh, can feel it across my skin. She holds me tighter and slides her finger lower. She kisses my jaw then drags her tongue over my skin down to my shoulder. Mm, I missed touching you, baby. She says, I've missed having your hands on me. She slides two fingers inside my pussy. My hips lift on their own. She pinches me lightly. I whimper, but I do my best to hold still. She kisses my shoulder again and starts to fuck me harder. So it's like that, like that sensation of like working up to it. I'm all for that. Those were great lines. So this book had potential and then they Mm -hmm. ruined it. Yeah, there was a a lot of the sex scenes. If you just like CIA style black out the word mommy and baby, (laughs) the sex scenes were, I liked quite a few of them i just had to block out the rest of it from my brain i think i spent so much i'm looking like through what i've highlighted and i think i spent so much time highlighting all the things that upset me that i forgot to highlight things that i thought were sexy even though i did think a lot of it was sexy (laughs) well on the topic of sexy how what did this book make us ladies like a kid (laughs) sneezed in my mouth at disneyland I was gonna say a very similar thing <laughs> go for it d i was gonna say like i have really bad hay fever and my nose and my eyes just like are just like really wet and upset the whole time that's like how that's how wet just like i can't breathe or see and i hate it <laughs> but it's a little bit wet i guess <laughs> you're wet but you're not happy about it i'm not happy about it Since we're talking about allergic reactions, (laughs) I would equate this to me eating an entire pint of regular Ben and Jerry's ice cream because I have issues with dairy. It would be amazing (laughs) right off the bat. And then maybe 20 minutes later, it'll hit me and I instantly regret it. (laughs) It was potential to have a good night, but because I didn't eat a non-dairy one, we're having problems. I agree with that sentiment. I so, also cannot eat a pint of regular ice cream without having serious issues. <laughs> uh, so for me, I'm actually, I'm as wet as the Sahara dust flying over the Atlantic <laughs> Ocean right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm under there somewhere, but like the rest of it just overpowered any sexiness that was in here. So we're just a dry cloud of desert dust. Just drifted across the ocean. Drifted across the ocean. Coming to Florida. Wow. Would you ladies like to play the first game of Would You Rather of season two? Do we have a choice? Get it over with. No, you don't. (laughs) Not not in my house. Amanda Amanda disappears from the Zoom call. She's gone. Oh no, no, I lost. I'm going through a tunnel. Ah. All right, the book actually made this one kind of easy for me. Because this is a this is a real scenario in the book. God. When Susie's getting the punishment for 
not coming out with her emotions to Pilar. Pilar sends her to bed and gives her the option. Would you rather be sent to bed wearing the locked chastity belt around your vagina or handcuffed to the bed frame? Chastity belt. I'm a very difficult sleeper. And unless she manages to handcuff me in such a way that I can like position myself in a way that I don't hate, I'm not going to sleep at all. I can figure out a way to sleep in the chastity belt. Yeah, chastity belt. If I'm going to be sleeping, because I don't have any interest in being anywhere near Pilar sexually currently after reading that book. So I can deal with the night of frustration as long as I'm not tied in an uncomfortable position to a bed. I agree. I feel like my arms would fall asleep if I was handcuffed yeah. to a headboard. Um, I mean, I don't, I can sleep with a chastity belt on. That's fine. But I, I sleep in very particular positions and not, not, none of those are with my hands above my head. So I move around <laughs> a lot when I sleep. I do I too. I hurt myself. I do like a running man position, like with my <laughs> legs up. Uh, so I need like, I need a lot of room to like squiggle around. So yeah. Yeah, I would have to say probably, I mean, as uncomfortable as a chastity belt probably would be, and who knows if she'd even have one that could contain these assets. Um, (laughs) Going to sleep with my arms above my head sounds like a recipe for disaster and like me dislocating my shoulder again. So, we'll go with the belt. Again. Yes. (laughs) Not from handcuffs, though. Oh. Oh. See, when I was like two, my dad accidentally dislocated my shoulder while we were playing oh. and kind of like my dad, me. My dad dislocated my elbow. <laughs> oh my goodness, we have things to bond over. <laughs> but um, yeah, that sounds like my arm would fall asleep. Um, it's like a, it's like, that just sounds like a dangerous situation. Like if somebody doesn't do like shibari correctly, you could really like essentially hurt mm. yourself so mm-hmm. yeah i have i, I have family like... history of shoulder problems can't risk it nope. can't risk it i i think i'd i would also take the chastity belt but i'd also probably be spending the whole night trying to get it off and i know i know because i wake up at like six in the morning every day that at some point wearing that belt i'm gonna be like wow i have to pee oh god i forgot about <sighs> oh Oh and, yeah, that's true. But if you're oh. handcuffed to the bed, you also get also, also yeah. a problem. Yeah. Wait, how do you pee in a chastity belt? I've never worn one, so I have no idea. You'd have to take it off. off. You'd have to ask the person who put it on you to take it off so you can go to the bathroom. Yeah. I'm gonna Google this. Or maybe there's like <laughs> I mean, a little maybe there's water like tight. Little, maybe there's like little like like holes like, a, co- like a colander. Like a colander. What else are you gonna do? You like can... a colander. Yeah. yeah. Like a, I mean, I've peed in my wetsuit before, but I don't want to like sleep in a chastity belt that I peed on. Well, you don't have you soak can soak up anything. It's it doesn't metal. soak up anything, so you can like go to the bathroom and just like piss in the tub, and oh. then just like rinse yourself off and towel oh, off yeah. and go back to bed. It's leather. It's like leather in the. Oh, hers is leather. Yeah. In my head, they are all made of metal. Like, I'm literally like picturing a... like one of the metal ones with the teeth in the front, so that yeah, you like can't get in there. Lots of locks, lots of locks yeah. on them. No, it, it's like leather in the book. It's a leather 
Okay, well, mine would be metal. <laughs> yeah, because that's <laughs> more comfortable. <laughs> According to Google um, Answers.com, someone says that there are holes. So, like, you could just pee and it will just go through the holes. It's, it's going to get everywhere. <laughs> just like a colander. <laughs> just like a colander that does not sound... Um, that sounds just as bad as sitting in crusty, you know, semen panties from season one. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Why would right. you bring that up? I would forgotten about it. <laughs> I, we have to reminisce because it's episode one of You're season right. two. So we got to bring up season one, episode one. Oh, remember when one. we started with that teacher and, it was, and we were like, this is bad. And no, now I'm just like, hilarious. I love that amazing. teacher. All right. That is all I have today because the rest of the book, I think, just went too far for me to even pose like possible questions. So thank you, ladies, uh, for participating. Thank you for reviewing At Her Feet by Rebecca Witherspoon with me. Yeah. Wait, I got a would you rather question. Oh. Ooh, oh. oh. Okay. Would you rather have sex in the movie theater like they did dressing up or would you rather go to a slumber party in a penthouse so to clarify you're thinking of the the like mommy little girl party right yeah would you go to like a kinky slumber party in a penthouse or would you go to the movie theater and do like a dress-up scenario there and finger fuck each other in public and feed each other M&Ms while you're at it. The penthouse party had free pizza, if I remember correctly, right? <laughs> That's true. I'm going to choose the penthouse party. I'm also, also kind of dependent on the kink, though, because if it's a penthouse party for something I'm really not into, then I might just be like, yeah, me and my husband are going to go see a movie. Um, yes. For but you, it- there's going to be lots of butt stuff. Yes, well then I would go to the movie. <laughs> I also pick the movie if they're gonna be like, can you quantify what a lot of butt stuff means? <laughs> Just butt stuff. No, Nothing. I'm gonna, else. Go to the, I'm gonna go see the Marvel movie then. <laughs> if it's if it's an anal penthouse party, I can then deal I deal with like twenty-three percent butt stuff and less. Anything over like twenty-three percent butt stuff is too much. <laughs> Only 23%. 23% is my cutoff. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, it was like, would you rather do things in public with a bunch of people who are not part of like, right. the universe, or would you rather do stuff at like a private party with other people part of the universe? Well, again, if it was stuff I was into at the party, and I knew after receiving the party invite, I would absolutely choose the party. Yeah. Also free pizza. Free pizza. I mean, yeah, free pizza is kind of convincing. Yeah. You can get me a lot of places with free food. Yeah. Specifically free pizza. I could be kidnapped into the back of a van with just like a half of a pepperoni Tell me there's going to be like tacos and I'll be like, I am there. Honestly, if we offered everyone in the country a free pizza, if they wore their mask everywhere, COVID solved. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's pretty accurate, actually. Pizza party for everyone. (laughs) You get a pizza and you get a pizza. You'll get a motherfucking pizza. <laughs> America okay. would be so excited. Well, I'd be excited. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for reviewing this book with me. That we are finishing up Kinky Ladies Book Club Season 2, Episode 1. 
we will be reading Lord of Chance by Erica Ridley. Except she finds herself accidentally wed to a devil-may-care rogue with a sinful smile. He's the last thing she needs and everything her traitorous heart desires. Well, thank you. And if you're a fan of the Kinky Ladies Book Club, check us out on Facebook, Kinky Ladies Book Club. Instagram, we are Kinky Ladies Podcast. And on Twitter, we're Kinky Ladies Pod. Totally forgot our handles there for a minute. (laughs) Um, It's been a while. And if you have any book suggestions for us, you can email us at kinkyladiespodcast on gmail.com. Please, we want your book recommendations and not your dick pics. Uh, some of them Amazon reviews. Also, my cat is on top of the refrigerator right now. <laughs> I can see him. I've been watching him do his thing back there. Um, also, is that a cactus-shaped cat scratching post? It is, yes. Very cute. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm all for that. BRB. McNulty. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him. He's like, I wasn't, I wasn't up there at all. No, no, no. He's mixed saucy. <laughs> He's like, mother is busy. I shall now do mischief. <laughs>